Welcome to the Apple Store Regent Street in London. Please welcome tonight's guests, Adrian Pitts and Meet the iPhone Photographer Series host, Dan Rubin. Thank you. Thanks for, our, uh, thanks for coming. This is the second interview in the series. Uh, we'll be running these all the way through December, so uh, thanks for all coming tonight, but we hope to see you month after month after month. Um, tonight, uh, we've got, uh, well, she's a friend of mine uh, now, which is great, but I've been a fan of her work before we actually got to meet. Uh, if you're on Instagram and you follow Hello Poe, this is, this is she, uh, my uh, Kiwi friend. Adrian Pitts. Um, if you happen to take any pictures or anything while you're uh, here tonight of us, or, or you're just tweeting about things, um, make sure that you tweet uh, using the, the longest hashtag in the world, meet the iPhone photographer. At least there will be no duplication, right? Um, and um, yeah, we're just going to uh, talk tonight about who Adrian is, how she got into photography, um, her her history about uh, of iPhone photography as well, and then talk about some of her images, the stories behind them, as well as uh, her editing workflow. So, um, Adrian, hi Dan. Thanks for joining me. <laughs> Thank you. Um, You've been in London now, because uh, Kiwi, if no one knows, that's, uh, that's uh, English slang for, I don't know, do you call yourself a Kiwi? We call ourselves Kiwis. She's we've got the Kiwi fruit, we've got the Kiwi bird, and the Kiwi So for those of you who are geographically yes. uh, challenged, that's, she's from New Zealand. But you've been here six years? Seven years, actually. Seven now. Yeah. Seven years, hence how did the that hybrid accident. How did that come about? It was purely by accident, to be honest. I was coming over for a year, I was going to do the usual New Zealand thing, work, travel, um, ended up getting an amazing job, stayed, got a boyfriend, still staying. <laughs> now I've got permanent residency, so somehow I ended up here, but I'm very happy to be here. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, but your background isn't in photography, not purely. So I've got a dual background, which is a bit weird, I suppose, although I think you and I share quite a lot of history in terms of uh, our career paths. I've, I've been both a photographer and a designer and art director, sort of since I started working. Um, I did a degree in photography. I majored in photography, but I did a lot of um, design electives as well. So I've actually been sort of working in both capacities um, since I graduated from university, which was a very long time ago now. <laughs> and uh, um, Talk a bit more about um, your your uh, introduction to photography, I guess. Like, when did you first pick up a camera? My first camera I ever had, I owe to my Auntie Sue in Wellington in New Zealand. She gave me one of those really long, flat um, cameras that took 220 film, you know, the cartridge film. Mm. Um, it was bright red and I was exceedingly happy because I was the youngest of four children. I was never allowed to hold the Polaroid. I was never allowed to touch my dad's camera. So um, I was the baby of the family, but I was finally given my own camera. And I remember the first photograph I actually took was of a dead fish on a beach, thinking it was incredibly artistic. Um, Do you still have it? I wish I did. <sighs> I actually just had to clear out boxes back home in New Zealand, so I think it got thrown away in that lot. But I do owe my start in photography to my Auntie Susan. Oh. Yeah. Um, now, I, I think um, I want to talk a bit about uh, iPhone photography and Instagram and kind of that transition, how you, how you discovered that. Mm -hmm. um, Should we do that? Yeah, I think. Let's see. Ooh, look at that. Ooh, hey, there we go. That's me. 
That's her. Uh, so if we pop to the next one there, just mm -hmm. let that sit for a while. Um, now, you've, you've just tipped over 70,000 followers on Instagram, which is a lot of people. Yeah, you thought crazy. this was a lot of people. Yeah, you guys are making me nervous. It's not. <laughs> it's funny. Um, know, well, yeah. they're, they're not here for you. They were here for Daniel Radcliffe. Fair enough. Stayed. I would be too, to be honest. <laughs> um, but uh, so you, you were you were shooting obviously before you picked up an iPhone to yes. to shoot. Yes. Um, uh, how? When was the the first moment that you kind of felt that you could actually use a phone as a as a camera, as like a decent camera, as something you could produce really good work with. It, it's funny sort of how I transitioned into taking a lot of photographs on my iPhone. I'd been working as an art director on magazines for a really long time. I, I was sort of going through my phase. I'd been a photographer and I'd gone back to design and I was doing art direction. But I kind of felt as though I was losing my eye for photography and I was sad that I didn't have the time for photography, which I used to have when I did it as a job. Um, so for me, the impetus for, for getting it, you know, getting an iPhone and starting shooting with it was because I missed photography and I wanted it to be part of my everyday again. Um, you know, I, I think my first iPhone was the three. I waited a little while <laughs> to get one of those. Um, so, yeah, that's how I got into it, basically. So you weren't actually shooting or carrying around any kind of camera before that? I was, but, you know, it was a DSLR. It was like a Nikon D80 something or other. I'm not Nikon anymore, so I don't really know the numbers anymore. But, um, you know, I, I was doing it for a job for a while, and then with the art direction and working on magazines, it's really time-consuming, and you sort of pour your heart and soul into it. So I wasn't really carrying my big camera on me wherever I went anymore, and that's what I missed. I missed having a camera on me at all times. Mm. Yeah. What does... Um, so when did Instagram come into the picture, and how, did, how do you feel it changed your relationship with shooting? Because obviously you were already shooting then on an iPhone. Yes. What were you doing with what you shot? I was putting it onto Flickr. I was a very big Flickr user back in the day. It's how I met a lot of my really good friends. Actually, a girl in the audience and I have been friends for over eight years because of Flickr. Oh, wow. um, so that's what I was doing. I started using Instagram and I had no idea that other people could see my pictures. I had no idea that you should comment and like and sort of have interaction with each other. So I, I think my very first photograph I took from the top of a double-decker bus and it was blurry and it was of that cafe, look mum, no hands, in um, East London, it was a shocking picture. I didn't know anyone could see it, <laughs> but that was about two months after Instagram launched. And is, it, uh, is it still there? If yeah, we scroll all the I way back, it can there. we see it? I'm embarrassed, but I'm not embarrassed. Like, it's kind of cool to see, all right. Let's everyone go and like that picture. Tonight. Go on, it's awful, it's blurry, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so sorry, rambling a little bit, but that's how I sort of got into Instagram and I, I noticed that, you know, you could like and comment and share and then yeah. I saw what amazing pictures people were taking with this tiny thing we keep in our pocket and I was like, I want to do that. Well, it's, I know for me, like I wouldn't have met you and a lot of the other people in the audience tonight who I, I now call friends um, without it and uh, that's, it's all connected mm. for me. Very much um, so. I don't know about you, but I, I find I shoot more because I know that there's, there's someone who's going to look at it. Mm -hmm. um, not Certainly not everything I shoot. I shoot still too, way too many images that just sit don't on my camera all? roll. But, um, <laughs> no, but there, there's, it's something deeper than just sharing it with a lot of people. You get to actually meet people through it. 
I think the thing with Instagram as well, you've immediately got something in common. You've immediately mm. got a love of photography, whether you appreciate looking at photographs or whether you like taking photographs. You've immediately got that thing. I've yet to meet a single awful person from Instagram, from the Instagram community, I, I can find say. some if you want, you I'm sure. I, yeah. I want to see him. I've never Connor, met them. Connor, have you met Connor? <laughs> oh, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and you've immediately got this thing in common. You've got this shared love, so... You, you're interested in the same thing automatically, which is a great basis for a friendship. Fantastic. Uh, well, let's, I, I'd really love to get into your photos. Mm -hmm. uh, let's, um, let's talk a little bit about the things that inspire you sure. to shoot. Because I know that for, for, for everyone, um, there's, if you're the kind of person who has to shoot something, you have to take a picture, uh, and if you're that kind of person, you know, I see some of you nodding. Uh, it's just a, it's something you're compelled to do. There are certain things that actually compel you to do that. Uh, and for me, one of the most interesting things about meeting other people who are photographers, no matter what they shoot with, is learning what that thing is for them or the, what those things are. Because that tells you a lot about a person yeah. uh, as well as how they see the world. So for you, uh, I know travel is a big thing for you. Yes. Um, it must be why you came halfway around the world. I think, yeah. I mean, I've said this a couple of times in a, in a couple of different places, but I think when you're from New Zealand, you're from the other side of the world. You're kind of raised to leave home at the age of 18. You're raised to go and experience the world. And, you know, it's it's a tradition in New Zealand and Australia to, to come to the UK and have your big overseas experience and you work in a bar and you pull pints and you travel and that's what you do. It's what your grandparents did. Um, so... You know, I think being from so far away, I was also very lucky to have a family who instilled in me a, a great love of travel and of discovering other cultures and really immersing myself in them. So I ended up... Um, I've lived in a few different countries in my time, happily. and uh, Where? Uh, <laughs> I've lived in Chile in South America. I lived there, I did a student exchange for a year, and then I went back and fell in love and moved there for a few months. Uh, I've lived in South Korea, teaching English to wee babies, which was fun. And then um, obviously New Zealand and here. So who knows where is next? Well, let's talk about some of these amazing images. I, uh, the, the one here on the left, um, I love especially. Thank you. Um, I won't, I'll let you talk about it, but um, let's just start actually a Start I talking hear about, about it. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, yeah, the one on the left will be of interest to Dan because it is taken in Iceland. Uh, I was there in January or February of this year. I was on assignment for a magazine shooting a travel story. Um, and it was just completely breathtaking, this place Dan is going to in a few weeks' time. So I keep going, oh, my God, you're going to have the best time. Um, this was, we'd been driving through a snowstorm, and it was completely white. We were in a white car. Obviously, Iceland and the snow was completely white as well. And we came across this sort of lake area um, with this house. And I don't know if you can see in the background, in the, in the water, there are tiny little black dots. And they were seals who had come to say hello to us. Um, and this photograph, yeah, it's one of my favourites and I've sort of published quite a few of them on Tumblr as a, as a set of iPhone photographs. I'm not allowed to release the real ones yet because they're yet to be published, but <laughs> I can't wait. Mm. Now, um, it's, that's not all there is to that photo because <laughs> didn't it 
Didn't it win something? It won, it, won the, um, it won the travel category of the International iPhone Photography Awards for this year. Not too shabby. Thank you. Yeah. It was very exciting. I got mm-hmm. a tiny little gold bar, which I hope to buy a house with. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You just hold on to that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was a huge honour and it was very exciting for me, especially as you know, I'm really passionate about iPhone photography and travel, two things that I completely love combined. Yeah. Now, uh, you also, um, I know it's been a, a few years since you went back to New Zealand until mm-hmm. earlier this year, which was yes. probably tough. Yeah. Um, but you did get to go back earlier this year. I did, yeah. Um, how was that? It was amazing, actually. I, um, I, as I say, we've, I've been here for seven years, and I used to go back every year for Christmas, see my family, and I'm incredibly close to my family. Um, but it had been three years since I'd been home. So it was... Very, my boyfriend can attest to the fact that it was very emotional. There were a lot of tears all the time. But it, the thing for me, which was also wonderful, was rediscovering my homeland through photography all over again. Um, I, you'll see some pictures later on from New Zealand. But, um, yeah, it was a very, very special time, taking the time to explore it with a camera. Well, no, we were talking earlier about... Um, there's one photo uh, here you have of... Uh should I it's click a per- through? Particular kind of bird. Yes. It's a Kia, which right. I thought was a car, but no. Uh, so I was mistaken. Uh, <laughs> on the left is a, a particular so moment from New Zealand. I think this is fantastic too. Yeah. How? For, tell us. Uh, tell everyone how big this this bird is, because you, so you can't is, really tell. This is a, a native New Zealand parrot called a Kia, and excuse my hand, it's probably like that big and they're very chunky. They're very solid. You know, they they jump up and land on your car with a thud. Um, so they're very chunky, and as you can see, this guy did a little dance for me on top of our white car. Um, this was a really special moment for me. Growing up in New Zealand, there's these birds called the kia, and they're native, and they're, I guess, almost endangered, or, you know, they're, they're definitely not that common anymore. And um, we'd been driving through the South Island for about a week and a half, and it was my goal to see a kia. So I'm going to see one. I want to cuddle it if I can. I don't know if I can, <laughs> but I'm going to try. Um, so uh, we'd been driving for a week and a half, seen some amazing things, and we were on our way through Arthur's Pass in the South Island of New Zealand. And I was quite upset, as again, my boyfriend can attest, that I had yet to see a kia. Um, And we pulled over on the side of the road because there was a massive pile of cars that were going through the Arthur's Pass. As soon as we stopped our car, these five Kia just came towards us as if they were these mafioso. And the thing is that they attack your car. They eat the rubber off your car. So um, they they love ski fields. They love those areas because all of the tourists park their cars and they will rip that thing to shreds. So this guy had been attacking um, the rubber around our windows uh, he was so cute. I didn't care. He was amazing. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this is um. And on the other side is an image which I took in LA recently. I just kind of wanted to give you uh, sort of a bunch of different images. You know, there's a close up on the left, which you know shows how good the iPhone was at such close range with a fast moving bird. He wasn't slow at all. <laughs> uh, and uh, on the right hand side, with a recent trip to LA with friends, um, right by LAX, you can actually get very close up to it. That wasn't taken with any, you know, telephoto lenses or anything. The, the plane was that close overhead. So it was kind of amazing to look up and just I'm always that person who sees a plane flying overhead going, I want to be on that one. Funnily enough, that's an Air New Zealand plane, which I didn't realise when I took the picture. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, someone on Instagram I pointed that out to me, actually. Yeah, it's great. It. Thanks. Oh, now. Yeah. Next. Uh, so, 
Now this is uh, this is New Zealand. This is most definitely New which Zealand. Which is it's kind of easy to tell because it's gorgeous. Because it's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is on your trip earlier this year. This yeah. is on the trip. Um, I ended up going home for six weeks and traveling around. Um, I'd never really been to the South Island of my own country, which was shameful, and something that I really wanted to rectify. Um, so this is in Tianao, sort of uh, just before you get to Milford Sound. Uh, we'd been driving all day long and we were exhausted. We'd just checked into our crappy little backpacker hotel um, with all the people there and we just thought, look, there's a, there's a tiny bit of light left. There's just five minutes. Let's hoof it over to the lake. Um, and my partner's a photographer as well, so we were, we were standing with our cameras propped up onto rocks and, you know, concrete walls and trying to make things as still as possible. We weren't travelling with a tripod or anything. Um, and this was actually taken with Average Cam, which is a great app, um, which will blur any motion because it basically takes photographs over a sequence of time. Uh, so you can, there's motion in the sky, there's motion in the water, and it was just really peaceful to be there, to be back home. It's a brilliant shot. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it's a nice memory shot, actually. It's nice looking back on it. Definitely. Uh, and now this should have some familiar elements to everyone in the audience, <laughs> at least. But um, this is London. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I what I love about this, not, uh, any any view that feels like it's from above, is always something I'm a fan of. Yeah. So rooftop gardens and terraces and uh, hidden bars like this one. I'll let you tell everyone where it is. But yeah. um, it's always it's always a favorite point of view for me. But uh, but there's uh, there's more to this. Uh, image as well for you, isn't there? Well, the thing is, I mean, obviously I travel a lot and I really enjoy traveling, um, but for the meanwhile, London is my home. I've been here for a while, and I also try and take the time to appreciate the home that I live in. Um, so I actually, this was taken at the top of Centre Point, the massive building, t sort of Tottenham Court Road, Oxford Street. Have any of you been up to the top there? There's, you know what Centre Point is, right? The, what most people will call the ugly... Uh, Brutalist style building. It's, I think it's. Views. I think it's, you know, not ugly. But um, yeah, there's a rooftop bar and restaurant yes. up there. Definitely worth going to. Yeah, book yourself in. Yep. They, uh, you can only. They will only let you in with a reservation, but it's free to reserve, and you can get a view like that. Yeah, you may as well. Yeah, especially for sunset. That's the tip. Um, <laughs> so, what, like I was saying, you know, for me, it's it's also about appreciating the place where you live currently. Um, this is a image which I took, and I actually have a little hashtag on Instagram which I use um, called Adrian Hearts London. Um, I care, <laughs> which is a bit cheesy, I know, but I wanted something with my name in it, so no one would take it from me. Um, but I get a lot of people emailing me or, or asking me on Instagram, you know. Where do you recommend to go in London? What, where would you go? And I'm just like, I've got so many favourite places. Let me put a hashtag on them. Um, so if you look under the hashtag Adrian Hearts London, you'll find my favourite places. Yeah. That's great. And I didn't even know this. It's a secret. Prior to tonight, so. Well, it's not something I, I think shout it's about, cool. but yeah, like. It's nice. Friends who say I'm coming over, what can I do? And I'm like, well, go to these places. It's also a neat way of using hashtags just for your own kind of personal organization, yeah. but sharing in that way. That's yeah. cool. Oh, totally. Uh, now, when you travel a lot, with, uh, it's not just about the places. You actually no. get to meet a lot of people along the way. Happily And so. that's one of the other things that I know is really important uh, to you. Yep. Um, so tell us a little bit about, about what draws you to people. 
I think the thing about people which fascinates me is that we're all from totally different cultures. I mean, it all ties in with the travel thing as well, doesn't it? I think um, when you travel to a different country, you've really got to try and get in and understand the culture, understand the language, the food, the people. And um, I can be quite a naturally shy person, believe it or not. So it's, it's a great effort which I deliberately try and go to to meet people, even though I might be embarrassed and shaking. I really want to meet that person, you know, I really want to know why they do that. Um, so, and portraiture is something that I really love as a photographer. I really love taking people's pictures. I really love trying to interact with someone and get, get the essence of them in a portrait. Um, so these are some examples of the types of things I do with my iPhone. Uh, now, I know this is kind of a portrait on the left uh, yes. there, but it's also a portrait of a beautiful camera. It is. The owner is in the audience right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the thing about iPhone photography, um, for me and I know for many of us, is it's, it's the camera we keep in our pocket. It's the one that we have all the time. This was a very casual meetup um, celebrating the 4th of July with some American friends on Hampstead Heath. Um, a lot of us were photographers, so we were geeking out over all the different cameras that we had that afternoon. And, you know, the light was beautiful and it was a beautiful camera, my beautiful friend. So, you know, there's always a reason for, to take a picture. I'll always want to make those memories. Hmm. So uh, that was one of the memories. And this one on the right looks a little bit like it's taken underwater. You would be correct. <laughs> uh, maybe Dan a lot Ruben. like it's taken underwater. <laughs> if it wasn't taken underwater, I'm yeah. impressed. Yeah. So this is actually a portrait of my niece um, taken in Greece. My brother's wedding was in Greece last year. And uh, I very much like experimenting with all the different things you can do with an iPhone. So I got an underwater case. And, of course, the water in Greece is so crystal clear and goddamn beautiful that uh, <laughs> she was swimming underwater and doing all sorts of flips and dives and it was a lot of fun to do this little series with her. We created quite a few images actually which were a lot of fun to work That's on. brilliant. Thank you. Anyone in the audience Ooh. have an underwater case for their iPhone? Oh, it's so much fun. It's worth it. Yeah. it. Even if you think that you know you might be near the water and not necessarily going for a swim the amount of times I've been near the water and I would have loved to have just dunked the lens halfway through or something. And it's so much easier and cheaper than getting an underwater case yeah. for your SLR. <laughs> that's, that's never going to happen no, with my budgets. No. <laughs> um, yeah, so you mentioned that I'd only just been home after three years. This is my parents on the left-hand side um, in the British Museum. They're, uh, they're my best friends and my collaborators. Oh. And this was actually... I realise I just told a lie earlier. Um, this was the first time I'd seen them in three years when they came over for my brother's wedding. Um, yeah, just an incredibly happy time to see them. And, you know, as you know, when we're all together, when we all like taking photos, you, anyone you see will be someone you want to take a picture of. So I go stand over there. And my dad's like, that's really far away. <laughs> just go, it'll be fine. Look at all the people. And he just gets a bit grumpy, but... But you get great things when you direct people. Yeah. And you just have to kind of get over being worried about them having a problem with it. People won't. Uh, no. You know, if, if, someone, if someone told you to yeah. you know, go stand over there, you'd probably just do it. <laughs> and they you might, loved you it. You might wonder why they were asking you to, but you're still going to do it if they're pointing a camera at you. Exactly. They loved it. And I like that they look like a little moustache. <laughs> <as well. laughs> That's brilliant. It's a kind of little moustache of parents. 
I love this uh, 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 this next one. Was this Thanks. in Canada? This was taken in right? Canada. I had a job there recently, um, and this was one of the guys I met over there. We went exploring in the underground there. Obviously, the underground in London is amazing um, and very hard to beat. However, I was shown some spots by some locals, which I know a friend of mine would be very interested in. Um, but it was, yeah, incredibly amazing. Again, just exploring with other people who are into iPhone photography and who get excited about it and, you know, go stand there. And he did. It was perfect. I love it. <laughs> I know we're going to look at that image in, in some more detail uh, a little Editing. bit later. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a fantastic shot. Speaking of fantastic shots. Oh, um, <laughs> I One of the things that I'm drawn to and compelled by is, is light. Someone asked me, uh, a few weeks ago, like, what kind is there a particular type of subject matter that you're drawn to, or what, you know, uh, you know what, what do you like to shoot? And I said I like to take a, a shot of anything as long as it's got good light. I'm drawn to good light yeah. for me, which is a cop out answer in a way, but no, that's but the photographer's it isn't. It's tool, amazing, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what we use. That's how we create our images in the first place. Uh, this was a, a, just a very, very quick moment. Um, Andrea, the girl in the picture, and I had been waiting in a hotel lobby for someone to get their bags and come down. And we were just sitting there. It was 30 degrees. It had been boiling hot. We'd been walking around all day. And I saw this one slant of light coming through the lobby and she was wearing this hat and I was, I'd been obsessing about her hat all day actually. I took quite a few pictures of her in her hat. Um, but then I was just like, can you just come over here for a minute? And, you know, I think it's the designer in me, it's the art director in me. I like really strong, simple graphics. I like shapes, I like form. So that for me, I mean, it took 10 seconds to take that photo, but I love it. It's one of my favorites, funnily enough. Brilliant. It's one of my favorites of yours as well. Thanks. That means a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and this might be one of my favorites for a completely different reason, because I only just <laughs> really saw this in the last couple of days. It's, yep. it, it, it's recent. It, well, recent-ish. It was taken in LA um, but I a just few months ago. There, there's <laughs> so much going on here that I love, especially the cat, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but uh, beyond that, because we're talking about people and portraits mm -hmm. here, which, so, I mean, other than being a portrait of a cat, there are no <laughs> people in this, but th this, this is something really interesting to me behind the work that you do and, and your, your thought process behind photography, I think, in general, it, mm. it's coming out in the story behind this, uh, yeah. and it's something that's been part of your photographic journey for a very long time. Yes. So my, my thesis when I did my photography degree many, many years ago was um, based on the argument that a person doesn't have to be present or have their face shown in a picture in order for it to be a portrait of them. It can be a very true representative or a true likeness of a person without their face appearing. Um, and I did you know, a year-long thesis on that and I created a body of work about that. And it's something I try and do with my iPhone photography as well. I try and photograph a person's surroundings or something which embodies that person or reflects that person. Um, this is uh, two sisters, Lauren and Caitlin, and I was staying in their house in LA. Um, Lauren's a good friend through Fruit Camp, and uh, they were looking after this cat, and Lauren's a photographer, and Caitlin's an actress, and they're hugely creative people, and of course their walls were littered with the most amazing photographs, and of course they had a cat just lying on the sideboard. It was just, uh, I think it's the perfect embodiment of, of their home and their dynamic. So for me, this is a portrait of them. But yeah. That's brilliant. 
Thank you. I do love that. And that is that's that's uh, those are the Randolph sisters, right? Yeah, the Randolphs. Yeah. 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 Does any, if, if any of you follow Lauren Lemon on on Instagram at all? Yeah, that's that's that Lauren. She's that's she's one of my house. favorite <laughs> photographers. Just the things she captures are she's great amazing. too. She's just a lovely person as well. And her vibrancy. This is the thing. Like color everywhere. Vibrancy and color and enthusiasm for everything. Mm. That's what I think of yes. when I think of her. Yeah. That's brilliant. Uh, so, before we dive into kind of your your editing workflow, and mm-hmm. we're we're gonna get to see some great examples of how Adrian actually takes a photo from the original to whatever ends up getting published as the finished result, uh, which I love to see. I like <gasps> I love seeing how everyone does their little thing. This is one of the reasons that that I'm uh, I love this series is that it's kind of an extra way for me to get to hear this myself. You just yeah. happen to be sitting in on. <laughs> my little conversation. Um, so uh, first, though, uh, we're going to talk about a, a few of the apps that you're going to show. Yep. Uh, just so that if anyone hey. wants to reference them later, you, um, you can well, you can take a picture of this and you don't have to write it down later. Yeah, easy. It should be so much easier. Uh, I mean, this is just a, a sampling of everything, but mm. these tend to be the the typical apps in your workflow after. Uh, after you take the shot, what do you what do you use to take the shot? Is it typically the, the iPhone? Yeah, the native camera. camera. Yeah. yeah, definitely the native camera. I find it's faster, and I I want to take that image and then deal with it later. I want to. Editing's my quiet time. I like to sit on the couch. I like to maybe have a glass of wine. Like editing is when I'm the happiest, and I can just chill out. I'm I'm very much. I don't really post Instagrams. You'll find mine are very much later grams from you know a week ago or a day ago. But <laughs> breaking the rules. <laughs> uh, so just kind of give us a couple of uh, tidbits about each of these and why you have them in your regular toolbox, sure. why you go to them, and then sure. we'll dig into some of the examples themselves. Cool. So these, I mean, this at maximum would be the maximum number of apps that I use, really. Um, Screw It, the first one, is fantastic, and it's only recently come out, and I know this because Dan Rubin taught me about this app. is one of the best ones I've ever used. If you've got a photograph where the lines aren't straight or the horizon might be sort of slanting off into the distance or a building, you know, because you're low on the ground, you can't get it straight on, this app is amazing because it can straighten that perspective for you and you can straighten it and warp it in a number of different ways so it looks like it's nice and, and straight. And if you don't understand what that means, you'll see an example of it yeah. later. It's a, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, Visco, obviously, um, this is my favorite for adding color and filters and effects. Um, it very much gives me the color qualities that I love in an image because I use Visco film when I edit my big camera photos as well. It's just really good. It, it emulates the exact look that I want. And Visco film is uh, the, uh, the company Visco sells preset packs for Lightroom. Uh, mm. I think they have a couple for Aperture as well, but it's it's primarily kind of Lightroom presets that emulate film. So that's that's how I first discovered Visco yeah. actually before yeah. they had an iPhone app. Exactly, um, and it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Um, Square Ready, I've only recently started using because I started busting out of the grid of uh, shooting only in square format. I've always really, really loved shooting in square format, and I find it quite a great challenge. To uh, you know, it's like shooting a medium format camera again. You know, you get to think in a square, and how do I want my image to be displayed in that square? But I was noticing more and more often that I had some vertical, um, horizontal images that I really liked, and I wanted to post but I wanted those white bars at the top and bottom. So Square Ready is a tiny little app that I so use you'll show us that. that. I will show you that. I, yeah. It's, it's a strange basic. thing. I've been asked that question a lot. Like, how do you get a non-square image on Instagram? Yeah. 
a, just strangely a lot in the last week. Yeah. Out of nowhere. So but apparently you people want to know. Ones as well. Yeah, no, I don't know why they're asking me. I don't yeah. do it. Well, you're the man. Apparently you know the I things. know everything. Yeah, you do. It's good. Uh, Snapseed is really great for fine tuning. <laughs> um, really fine tuning your image, getting brightness and contrast. You can do things like adding textures if you want to. Um, I tend to use it if there's a certain area of my image that I really want to brighten up. Um, especially, you know, the, the iPhone camera is amazing, but if you've got anything that's backlit or if you've got anything which is in harsh light, it can be really hard to expose it properly and get, you know, detail in both the highlights and shadows. So that's the little guy I use to get that information. Love it. And mm -hmm. then touch retouch. Touch retouch. It's one is of my, my favorites. Favorites. Yeah. It's magic, I, isn't it? I didn't know about this app for the longest time and then uh, a friend of ours in San Francisco told me about it. I was like, "What? <laughs> you can do <laughs> what on an iPhone?" And um, basically it's like a little version of Photoshop where uh, if there's a, a pesky thing, say if there was something on the ground next to me here that I didn't want in the picture, I can just basically clone that out without having to take the image onto my computer and using Photoshop. Again, it's something that if you haven't seen it, it doesn't make sense to you until you see it. So yeah. you've got a couple of good demos for that. Yeah, should so I do that now? Yeah, let's All dive right. in. So what I thought I would do is um, just sort of go through some of the apps that I use. I've prepared a couple. Of, you're going to see some raw images here, which haven't been edited, which is slightly scary. Um, and, that, that, and that's one of the reasons why I, I, I like this part, like kind of exposing this a little bit. Definitely. And I d it, it is... Uh, if you get the chance to chat to Adrian afterwards, do thank her for, for allowing you to see her unedited images because that fine. is a scary thing as a photographer, uh, especially the more professional of photography you are because the finished image is your product, not, yeah. not what you capture. And with digital, it doesn't matter what kind of digital camera you're shooting with. If it's a digital camera, the, the image you capture is, j is almost always not what you see when you see a published image. Hmm. Uh, and so if, you're, if you've ever been wondering, looking at the images that you shoot, why they don't look the same as a lot of the ones that you're fans of, it's probably because they've gone through some sort of editing process, whether that's just ex uh, editing the exposure or some sort of filter or preset or a lot of other things. And you'll actually see some of the things Definitely. that get done to them. And I think that's an important thing for everyone to understand, that it's not just point and shoot. It's think, point maybe shoot when mm. and then when you finally shoot do a lot of work to it afterwards but i think also it's it's your intent like mm. when you're taking a picture you can see the image that you want it to be yeah so sometimes you know you're taking that picture and you know i knew for example with this one that we're going to start with here i was walking past this kid at a rate of knots and i knew that the horizon wasn't going to be straight but i knew i could fix that later so it would be all right um, so I guess we'll start with this image. Yeah. Um, I was in Serbia with a friend of mine um, a few days ago, oddly enough. Um, as you do. As you do. Hanging you, out in Serbia. It's not often I can say that kind <laughs> of thing. Um, and we were very busy with meetings all day long. It was very hectic. But I managed to get 10 minutes um, to walk around the town square in Novi Sad in Serbia. And I saw this little guy, and he was absolutely amazing. He actually wasn't begging. He was just playing his guitar and eating his chips at that time. Um, so I knew that this horizon and those buildings were really going to annoy me that they weren't straight. So what I do, this is my sort of little photo album that I have here, I would immediately take that into Touch Retouch, open new photo, Apple Talk. It's hard holding a microphone and doing this at the same time. So this guy, oh god it's not Touch Retouch that I want, sorry it's screw it. That's embarrassing <laughs> isn't it? It's all right. It's, the, it's only the first mistake of many. Yeah. You guys just wait. 
All right, so there's a whole bunch of tools here down the bottom which, which show different things you can do to an image. You know, you can warp it if you need to. Let's take it to the extreme. So, you know, and it maintains the integrity of the image. It doesn't, it doesn't degenerate, it doesn't, you know, ruin the image. But, you know, you could, you could get into some crazy stuff if you wanted to there. Um, with this image, all I really wanted to do was straighten up the fact that this horizon wasn't exactly perfect. So as you can see there in the bottom, if you look at the bottom of the concrete path, that's pretty much straight now. And that, that makes me happy. You know, the lines are straight. I could potentially also change the perspective. See, it looks as though the, the building is tilting back. I think <laughs> if you take it to the extreme, you can really see though, right? Yep. So that for me is a good image. So I would then export that, save it to my camera roll, and then take it and into if you, Visco. Uh, one of the things I like that uh, Screwit and a number of other apps do is allow you to preview your before and after by yes. pressing and holding, which you can't see, but this is when you tap and hold on the image. There you go. It can you see that? It flips back to the, the original. And you can do that as you go and as you edit. Visco does that as well yeah. when you're in editing mode. Not every app does, but it's something that when it's it does it, it's a little hidden interface element, and it's really, really handy, so you don't have to just guess at how much of a change you've made. Yeah, definitely. So that's, that's screw it, and that's how I use it. Um, and just in case you're wondering if that is the correct pronunciation of that app's name, yes, it is. I know I was beta testing it. I know the developer. He, um, he's a I German, and I yeah. said, "Are you sure that you want to pronounce it like that?" And you know, maybe it's an, an English language translation thing. He's like, "No, I I know that's really? how it's pronounced." I'm like, all right, good. There you go. Yeah. All right. All right. So I guess um, the other app that I use a lot is Touch Retouch, the one that I accidentally opened earlier, because uh, you know that's what happens. So if I go in here, so this is um, the original image that you saw me talk about earlier, um, obviously unedited. Um, if we zoom in a little bit here, you can see that I was particularly annoyed by this. What is that, like an air conditioning vent or something? It's an annoyance. That's it's an it annoyance yeah. to, my, to my eye, and I wanted to get rid of it. Um, all right, so what I <laughs> generally what I would do in this situation is I'd select the paintbrush tool. I'd make, you know, I, you can make the brush bigger and smaller, however you want. And then basically, this is going to be really rudimentary, folks, but paint that out, hit play, boom, it's gone. It's out of there. Um, and that's what I wanted from that image. Had I been really sort of in the mood for it, I probably also would have tried to get rid of some of these. But as you might see, it might work. Actually, it looks all right, amazingly enough. But let's take that out. It's pretty magical, I think. It's I, kind of the best that, that, that effect doesn't get old to me. No. It's amazing. Thanks for holding this, Dan. All right, so I'm done with that. And then um, the next app that I'll show you is, is the one that I edit, you know, for color and, and sharpness and everything else. So what I'll do is I'll just take that image, which I hope I saved to my camera roll. There we go. Import it into Visco Cam. And now this is, this for me is the fun part. This is where I play. Um, I've been using Visco for a really, really long time, but I still play with every single one of these filters to see which effect I want. Um, I know immediately what I did want to do to this image, though, was lighten it up. I felt as though it was sort of too dark to begin with. So you can push it all the way. You know, you can really brighten that image up a lot, or you can underexpose it a lot. 
but I sort of nudged it up to two, maybe three, I think, just to get a bit of lightness in there so you could see the figure. The other thing I automatically do when I bring an image in is I go and I sharpen it. Again, you can take it to the extreme, but I always do two. I don't know why, it's quite an arbitrary number, but I find that two just sharpens, makes it pop a little bit more on your screen and, and when you print them out. Um, you can do a whole bunch of other things. I believe I posted this picture as a square crop, so that's probably how I would do it. Although, to be honest, I was considering for a very long time <laughs> whether or not to post it as a horizontal image. So that's the crop I would have done on the image had I posted it that way. Um, and then I basically I go through the filters. I knew I wanted something really warm, and I think M5 is essentially what I ended up using on this image. And you can control the strength of that filter as well. So here it's, there's a tiny color cast. Here it's the strongest of the color casts. So essentially, that, my friends, <laughs> is how I edited that image and how it appeared. And then I would go, yes. And then I would go, save to camera roll. And that's that. Brilliant. Yeah. Now, uh, you, uh, there's, I know there's one image that you have in here that uh, uh, you've done some Snapseed work yes. to. Yeah. Uh, Snapseed is one of those apps. It's free, which is oh, good. Not that uh, so is Visco by yeah. default. Um, Snapseed's free. It's from uh, Google now. And it can do everything. I know some people who only use Snapseed for everything they do. It's really, really fully featured. Um, but there's one particular thing that I tend to go to Snapseed for. And I do everything else in other apps. But I always use this because Snapseed's the only app that does it. And I know you fall in the same category. You and me both, honey. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually why I invited you on here. Is that because you call you say no? You say honey. <laughs> oh, do yeah, I? that's it. I'm very guilty that's of the it. Reason. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> you're in trouble. <laughs> um, I believe we're going to talk about the exact same thing, aren't we? This selective yep. adjust. Selective adjust. Um, I took this picture of our, our mutual friend Finn in the Isle of Man like a week ago. I think last weekend last yeah. weekend uh, we were up in the hills and exploring and there was fog and there was cloud and as you can see there was a sunset behind him I knew when I took the shot that I wasn't going to get the exposure right on his face because I really wanted those clouds and that sunset to come through however I, I hoped and I prayed that I would be able to to claw something back and snapseed on his face um, so basically again I'll do it in a very rudimentary way for you you Choose that little, uh, this little guy here, the crosshair, and place it. When you hold it down on the screen, it will sort of give you this magnified view. Sort of place it on his face, wherever that may be. B is for brightness, and then you can go C for contrast and S for saturation. So it's really the brightness that I choose to do. And by swiping to the right, I can actually increase the brightness in that area. You can kind of see there that by increasing the whole area of sort of lighten the grass as well. And so what it what it does just for um, in case people can't see what you're doing with your yeah, fingers that yeah. that red area if you just expand that again that's a two finger <laughs> like kind of the pinch and zoom that. gesture <laughs> uh, it 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 controls the size and spread of the mask. So those of you who are used to using Photoshop will understand the idea of a of a mask. Um, if you're not used to using Photoshop you might have used masking tape. <laughs> before um, okay. and that's that's why why we have masking tape is to mask things that we're going to paint and that's basically it, 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 the the mask 
area is controlled by the, the particular pixel color that's underneath mm -hmm. the center of that zoomed dot wherever you place it. So if it's a dark pixel, it will select similar color yeah. pixels, which is a great, it's so uh, that's, why the, that's why it's called selective adjust. Yeah. It allows a lot of fine-tuned granular control. And it's perfect because you can do it multiple times. I think I have tested the abilities of how many times, how many selective adjusts you can add. It's eight. The, 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 I knew you'd know that. <laughs> uh, so once I only know again, from running into it and being frustrated that I need more. Yeah. But you can do it over and over and over again. But So if I wanted more sort of detail on the grass there, obviously I'm taking this to extremes just so that you can see it. But if I hold down my finger, you can see the original image. And then there, I've just managed to lighten it up a smidge on his face, a smidge on the grass. And I know that when I take that into Visco, the colors will come through. It's a huge difference. A, yeah, you'll get a lot more detail. Let's take a look at that in Visco, because I know we want to make sure we have time for questions. Yeah, of course. Um, but I know you have that image I do have edited. that image already in here. Let me find How many it. of you, while she's finding this, uh, uh, how many of you seeing that kind of brightening one specific part of an image know dozens and dozens of your own images that you could do that too. Uh, that's the thing is that sometimes <laughs> you don't want to just e increase the exposure or decrease the exposure of the entire yeah. image. You want to do something to a part of it. And that's the only app that allows you to do it as far as I'm aware. Be a lot more selective about yeah. it for sure. Um, so, I mean, this is the image with it being edited. Uh, that's had a color cast added to it. But, you know, this is lightening the grass ever so slightly on the left-hand side and then lightening Finn's face as well. Um, Again, I think the M's are probably what I used because I wanted something really warm. Uh, obviously, a colder filter isn't really going to work for a sunset shot. But, uh, yeah, it just kept that golden color in the sky ever so slightly. You could tell that it was a sunset, but you could also see a bit of his face, which is nice yeah. when it's a portrait. Well, let's look at one more image before we uh, kind of toss it to questions. Mm -hmm. And you, ma'am, in the front row, you have the first question. <laughs> I haven't forgotten. You do. You do. Hope you don't have performance anxiety and forget what you were going to ask before. <laughs> I know it's about <laughs> screw it, so we know. Uh, so in terms of, I mean, you know, there are a couple of other images which I've prepared here. Um, Square Ready, very, very simply, is, uh, like I said, the one that I use to add the white oh yes. borders top so and bottom. Uh, have any of you seen, I'm sure you have seen, if you're on Instagram, you've seen that people sometimes post images that aren't square, don't fit in a nice little square. They've got... Typically white borders, mm -hmm. sometimes others. But you can have other colors. Yeah, just to fit in. But yeah. Um, yeah, Square Ready, there are a number of apps that do this. Square Ready is the one that I know everyone that I know uses. Yep. Uh, it's good. It's really straightforward. It's good, it's fast, and it's simple. It's going to take me precisely one second to show you how to do it. I'm counting. Yeah. Oh, damn. Uh, All right. Yeah, wrong I've again. Lost, I've lost it already, haven't I? <laughs> uh, so Over promise and under deliver? No, it's the other way around. This is the image <laughs> that I wanted to... What? This is the image that I uh, I wanted to prepare, and by just tapping this one at the bottom, so it's the fourth along from the left, it's automatically sort of aligned it perfectly within that space. You know, you can you can tap on any one of these. This will give it a border all the way around the edge. The fourth one along just gives it sort of the I call it those movie bars, top and bottom, aren't they? Is that what they call them? Movie you bars. You can call it that. I'm yeah. going to call Let's them a call movie it bar. Yeah. Why not? Uh, then you can export it to your camera roll. Choose. I always always choose the highest qual quality possible. Always, always, because you never know. You might take a shot and someone will go, I really want a print of that. And you're like, damn it. 
<laughs> I didn't <laughs> save it high res. So, uh, and that's exactly how I would do it. And then I would, you know, go to post it to Instagram and getting into the right folder, there it is and it's already got the bars top and bottom. So that's how I use that. Fantastic. App. Very simple. Oh, and while we're while we're on Instagram, oh, I I'm, right, I'm gonna I've I've noticed that uh, not a lot of people know this little trick and we may as well end with this. Mm -hmm. uh, you know you can no, 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 go back oh, to go where you were. Back, go back. So right. uh, if you know you're gonna import an image into Instagram rather than shoot it by default, mm -hmm. if you tap and hold on the camera icon, it goes directly to no. the selection. Yeah. There you go. That's a tip Dan for you Dan Rubin always teaches me something new. I try. That's cool. Thanks. Cool. Uh, that's fantastic. And I know we're going to have questions about things, and you might end up showing some examples to sure. answer these questions. So we're going to start with a question about, screw it. Remember, uh, wait until the microphone gets to you so that uh, we, can, we can hear your question for the podcast. But um, yeah, let's start. Hello. Hi. Hi. And thank you. <laughs> uh, in Screw It, um, which, basically, how did you get to the point of, you know, using that scale thingy to, um, you know, straighten the lines out? How did I get to the point? I think it's just, you know, I took a photo when I knew that the horizon wasn't straight. So, basically, you just import the photograph into the app. So, I'll just get yeah, back Yeah, let's in go back here. into Screw It. Get back into While Screw you're opening it. that up, the, uh, part, of, part of it is understanding what it is that Screw It is doing. Um, which is tough to wrap your head around, I think, even if you're playing with the app. It, what it's doing is its main purpose is to correct for either lens distortion or what's called parallax uh, distortion. Parallax distortion is basi essentially, <laughs> basically, it's not basically anything. It's really complicated. Yeah. But uh, a camera like this or even a uh, an SLR, most cameras have a fixed, uh, like a parallel film plane and lens plane, essentially. Uh, or they're not film, it's it's a CCD. But what it is, it means that everything is parallel. So in the iPhone, you move the iPhone like this, everything within it is staying parallel Still to works, itself. Yeah. But if you're taking a picture of something that isn't parallel to that, mm. and this works with any camera that can't correct for that distortion by default, uh, you'll end up getting lines that converge or r recede at a, a different rate, n in a non-parallel way. So what, uh, what Screwit is doing is virtually allowing you to to correct for that distortion, to uh, virtually align the camera with what those parallel lines. Uh, you know, when you take a picture of a building looking up at it, it's why the building recedes and goes away. That's parallax distortion, uh, and this is how you fix it. Yeah, exactly. So I think you might have seen. Um, I'll go back actually. You just choose add from gallery or take picture if you want to take the picture in the app. I've, I don't tend to take pictures n in apps. I mm. tend to always use the native camera. And it will give you, you know, your folders where your images are. So just go to wherever that image is. And for this guy, like I said, I knew I was walking past him really, really fast. I'm kind of blind, you know. I'm, I'm not very good at taking a straight picture these days. So I knew it would be slightly off, but I also knew that this is exactly what this app can do to fix it. Um, and it was just a case of going, okay, so it looks as though the horizon's sort of tapering off into the distance. So I, it's just a case of playing with whichever one you think is going to straighten that And those icons down at the bottom, if you cancel out of this. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure. If this might have been your question. Like, how did you know which one to do? So if you look at the icons along the bottom, yeah. the the well, the one all the way on the left there, this is an interesting app too because you can yeah. just scroll and you scroll and scroll. It, it, loops, it loops the tools. Let me go but back. Uh, yeah, the one there on the far left is just undo. It reverts the... C the next mm -hmm. one is the uh, horizon adjustment, mm -hmm. those little dotted lines. Then the, these grids that come up are... One is for horizontal 
distortion, uh, like which that. is this one, and that's what she's seeing. You that's can know, okay, is this horizontal or vertical distortion? Those are the two separate distortions, the two different planes. Yeah. Is it is it that your phone was tilting back and everything's receding? That's vertical distortion or horizontal. And you can mix and match and play around with them yeah. as well as the lens distortion. Yeah, exactly. So which side of that scale relates to horizontal and vertical? Do you guys know off the top well, of your so head? The, the, scale, the scale is either horizontal or vertical, or vertical, depending on which one of those icons along the bottom you tap oh, okay. on. So the third, oh, one right, from the third one from the left is uh, receding horizontally, and then the, the one next to it is receding vertically. So then you can sort of see it's tilting backwards. And, so and as Adrian said, you if you play with it for you play with these 30 things. seconds, yeah. you'll, you'll you know, just go so through them. That's, oh, and I think that's, that's how most of us discover yeah. how we want to use a particular tool anyway. It's not that there's a right way to use a tool. It's, it's through playing around and deciding that, oh, this works for me. This achieves the end result that I wanted. Mm -hmm. um, next question is down there at the end. Hello, I'm deaf, so I'm going to be using the interpreter at the front. Um, it's been a really interesting talk, thank you. Um, in regards to the picture that you took in Canada with the really interesting light background, is there any apps that you could use to, to flip the whole image upside down um, yeah. but still keep the guy standing in the same position? <laughs> interesting. I think that would probably... Yeah, it's a Tough really question. good question. That would probably involve some Photoshop trickery. However, there are other apps which you can use to do some fun stuff like that. I don't know if I still have it on my phone, but there is one called Mirrorgram. I do. So Mirrorgram? Mirrorgram. I haven't heard of this. Hey, Mirrorgram. I've barely <laughs> ever used it to be... Oh, connection not available. That's all right. Um, I could take an image. Yes, you can have access to my photographs. Let's get this guy in here. So there are a whole bunch of things you can do which will allow you to manipulate an image or look as though you're mirroring something. If you wanted him to be flipped a certain way, this doesn't appear to even be working. I'm really sorry about that. That's terrible, isn't it? Oh, oh there, there you it go. Did. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, you could have it. You can multiply him if you want. <laughs> That's a good option. Um, and, you know, you can obviously flip an image if you want um, in the native sort of photo album area. But there's a whole bunch of things. And actually, you're right. This would be a really good image. It's a very graphic one. Yeah. It, it would could be great be to have some fun with. It could be that, uh, uh, like, there's probably an app out there that does that. Yeah. Um, or uh, I, I know of a few that aren't available anymore, sadly, but that allow you to work with layers like Photoshop does. So you could uh, take one image, duplicate it twice, mask out the man flip mm. the rest of the image and you'd be able to do that. Yeah. So the, the trick is to kind of have an idea of wh how you might describe what that is and go search the app store for an app that might do it or search on the web. There's and so someone many. will have, if it exists, yeah. someone already knows about it yeah. and you'll be able to stumble upon it. Uh, I th we have time for one more question and there will be, I'll be hanging around afterwards just kind of around here in the store Same. and so will Adrian. So if you have questions and you don't get them in as this last question, just come up and talk to us. Uh, or if you're afraid of uh, asking questions in public. <laughs> if you're afraid of raising your hand in public, raise your hand. <laughs> nope. No. Hey. Uh, so one more, one more question. Someone brave enough? Anyone? Bueller? There we go. Right at the back. 
Have you started using the um, editing software in Instagram and in the app itself? And what do you think of it? Interesting question. I think the new um, editing processes are amazing. Um, I have my own particular way of working, and I'm kind of a bit stuck in my ways, I think. In the, uh, there That's <laughs> old age. I am so old. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. I'm so um, in trouble right now. You are, really. Um, but... Um, I think they're fantastic and I think it's something that Instagram had been needing for a really long time and I know the engineers worked beautifully and they're fantastic tools. I kind of tend to uh, do my editing, I do my sharpening and my lightening within Visco because I know I can get my colours in there at the same time. But every once in a while when I do post an image which has no editing, then yeah, I might use those tools and just lighten it a smidge and go for it. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone who asked questions. And again, thank you for coming out tonight. Thank really, you. really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, do keep track uh, of uh, future events, uh, both on the Regent Street Apple Store uh, page and also on uh, uh, the Facebook page for the event series that I've put together. It's just facebook.com slash meet the iPhone photographer. And uh, again, share your thoughts and, and other questions also on, on Twitter later, and we'll, be, uh, we'll both be following along. Yes. Thanks very much. Thank you.